American Express and Costco's breakup, this is Industry Focus. Welcome to Industry Focus Financials Edition, everyone. Christine Hart just here with John Maxfield, our Senior Banking Specialist on the line. Hi, John. Hi, Christine. Great to be with you this morning. I guess maybe it's afternoon for you already. Just just slightly afternoon, but still morning for you, right? It is. It is. A beautiful morning as well. And it's great to have you on the show, as always. So today we want to dig into the big news from Costco and American Express, who announced last month that their 16-year-long relationship will be coming to an end in March 2016. So previously, Amex was the only credit card brand accepted at Costco, and the partnership yielded Costco's only co-branded card, which doubled as a membership card and could be used both in Costco stores and elsewhere. And uh, so this relationship worked great for a time, but then negotiations came up again and you know both companies were pushing to, to get their own margins up and get the best deal. And apparently Costco was squeezing a little bit too hard. So in the words of Amex's CEO, Kenneth Chenault, the terms of the deal didn't make economic sense to the business and its shareholders. And so Amex walked away. We've since learned that Visa is to replace American Express as the only credit card accepted at Costco stores, while Citigroup will take its spot as the exclusive co-branding partner um, for the, the retailer's credit cards. So it's pretty apparent that Costco is getting a good deal here, but let's look at whether American Express did as well. The popular reaction has been that Amex is losing pretty big, but John, it seems like you don't see it that same way. What's your argument? So my argument is that when you're looking at so let's start let's start with this American Express that that agreement that exclusive agreement that they had with Costco was a huge deal for American Express right it it accounted for something along the lines of 10% of all American Express cards that were issued mm, and, and 20% of their their loan portfolio exactly 20% of the loan, their loan portfolio so in the context of this conversation, I, this is a, a huge deal for American Express on the revenue side. There's no question about that. But the question is, is given the fact that Costco appears to have changed the terms to make it a better deal for Costco customers, which is why everybody loves Costco, they seem to have upset that delicate balance between risk and reward for an actual credit card portfolio. So when you look at American Express, this is one of the premier lenders in the United States of America, and they have been for many decades. When you upset that, that risk-reward balance, it is to be expected that your top-shelf lenders who take a lot of pride in their credit risk management, you've got to expect that they're going to back out of the deal, and that, that is basically what American Express did. And so they said no thanks because they want to keep those same standards that have served them so well in the past. But then that's such a huge chunk of their business. What are they going to do now? I mean, how, how can they see this and their investors see this in a positive light? Well, you know, in a positive light, in, in my opinion, you know, this is something we've talked about on this show a lot in the past, is that when you're a credit card lender or any type of lender, the single most important priority of your organization has got to be the quality of the loans that you're adding to your portfolio and the quality of, of the borrowers and the terms of those deals. So to me, when I look at this, 
and, and let me and let me just add one more point about that because if you don't pay attention to those things and stay extremely disciplined about those things, because lenders, banks, credit card lenders, etc., are so leveraged, it only takes a relatively small amount of drop in the value of their assets to completely wipe out their capital base. So when you have a company like American Express that's been so good about lending over the past few decades come in and say that, look, despite the fact that this accounts for 10% of our outstanding credit cards, the terms of the deal do not match up with our credit risk standards, to me, that just provides further evidence that this company is willing to do the hard things that are nevertheless the good things for the long-term value uh, for their shareholders. Yeah, and the thing is, it has worked for them in the past. I mean, we have seen time and time again that when American Express is faced with with adverse situations, they perform just fine. And um, we, we touched on this a, a little bit with the, the stress test episode, but when when the Federal Reserve put American Express through this this annual stress test, um, predicting a or, or forecasting for a, a potential hypothetical severely adverse economic downturn, American Express did fantastic in, in the results of these tests. Um, John, can you can you touch on them with a little more detail for us? Yeah. So the the the, the thing to keep in mind with this is that. When you look at, there's all these different types of loans a bank or a lender can make. There's commercial loans, there's various types of commercial loans, there's a, a variety of different types of consumer loans. But of all of them, the riskiest are credit card loans because number one, they're unsecured. That so, there if if the if the borrower defaults, there's not like a piece of property like with a mortgage that the bank can just automatically uh, foreclose on and then sell to help mitigate the loss. And number two, credit cards are relatively easy to get. So you've got to take into consideration that a company that can that can do a good job managing these really knows what they're doing. And when you look at the financial crisis, American Express, there was not a single quarter that it recorded a loss. It's just it's just an unbelievable testament of their acumen when it comes to uh, lending. And then when you expand that out by looking at the stress test. Which you know that's and we've talked about this on the show a number of times. The Federal Reserve assumes basically another uh, severely adverse economic scenario akin to the financial crisis, and then projects out over a nine-quarter period what will happen to a variety of things at these banks. But one of the things they look at is whether or not these banks and, and lenders will earn money or lose money. And there were seven of the 31. Um, stress test participants that were projected to earn money over the severely adverse economic scenario. American Express was one of them. But not only was it one of them, it was projected to earn the most money of all the participants and by something like two or threefold. So this is a company that, look, it is, Costco is an amazing company. I don't think there's any, there's any, there's any doubt about that. But American Express is equally um, in the same league. Mm-hmm. And that, that is truly incredible performance considering that those 31 participating firms in the stress test they were they were banks they weren't all credit card companies you know and so for for them to put up this kind of performance really just speaks to their risk management and how prudent they are about about uh being safe in that regard um another thing to to keep in mind here uh 
is a, a similar rough patch that, that the company has gone through in the past, well before the, the most recent recession. Um, back in uh, the 1960s, I believe it was, with the, the salad oil scandal. Uh, can you shed some light on what happened back then? Sure. So the salad oil scandal was, it was basically the, like the, Mer- the Bernie Madoff scandal or the Enron scandal of the 1960s. And you had a, a guy who was running a big business that was evidently um, producing, or I can't remember if he was producing or distributing or had some some arm in the uh, in the salad oil business, random business uh, that it is. Um, but he had evidently he he had pledged a whole bunch of these large containers full of salad oil as collateral for some loans from an American Express. Uh, but then when they went and looked at those actual containers, they were full of something like salt water or water or something like that. So. All that collateral was 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 worthless, and, and American Express took big losses on those loans. The share price tanked, and then lo and behold, who came in and became a huge shareholder in American Express? Well, none other than Warren Buffett. And so, when I look at what's going on with an American Express today, I think of the same exact thing. Look, this is one of the premier companies in the United States of America. It has been that way for many decades. Nobody can predict the future, but based upon its past, it seems to me like it is times like this that investors should want to get into a company like American Express. Because if you're going to get in an American Express when everything is going great, well, guess what? You're going to pay for that in terms of the share price. But, you know, and I think that you had said earlier today in this conversation we had that American Express's stock is down something like 16%. Look, that, that should be a glaring potential buy opportunity. Uh, for anybody who's looking at a stock like this. Especially if you have confidence in their management. And and if you look at it, it's the same exact management that led the company through the recession without posting a a negative quarter. So you can really, in my opinion at least, trust that these guys are going to know how to navigate this difficult situation. And they have plenty of time to do it, too. I mean, they have until mid-2016 before this deal is going to come into effect. And so I imagine that that is more than enough time for them to get their bearings, figure out the plan of action, find some way to market to these existing Costco customers and get them to get a non-Costco branded version of an American Express card to maintain them. So even when you're looking at how big the Costco market is for American Express, they're not necessarily going to lose that entire 10% of their member base if they can effectively uh, transition these, these same members and hold on to them despite losing the Costco exclusivity. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, so it, it accounts for the, this agreement, this relationship accounts for 10% of Costco's credit cards. But, you know, the, the data suggests that, or what I've read is that 70% of the purchases on those credit cards, those American Express Costco credit cards, are made outside of a Costco store. So I, I think it is safe to assume that American Express will be able to do things, some things that will retain some of those customers, whether that's 50%, 80%, 20%, is difficult, is difficult to predict. But it, certainly investors shouldn't be looking at this and saying, oh, well, this just automatically means that American Express's credit card portfolio is going to decline by 10%. That's not what this means by any stretch of the imagination. 
So I, I guess to us, it seems like the market may have overreacted to this news a little bit and thus maybe presenting a good buy opportunity for American Express. Yeah. And let me and let me just add one point, And that is that it would be naive, of course, to assume that this is not going to impact American Express because it is going to impact American Express. Of course. However, at the same time, it would be short sighted to assume, in my opinion, it'd be short sighted to assume that based upon American Express's history of incredible management through difficult, through great times, difficult times, all different types of times. It would be short-sighted to assume that they cannot navigate through something like this. Right, definitely. So thanks so much for all that good insight, as always. Um, On a kind of different note, something that we've got set up here is our very own email address for you guys listening in to contact us with. So if listeners, if you've got any questions for us or topics you'd like us to touch on in future episodes, send them our way. So the address is industryfocus at fool.com. And any questions, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to wrap up, but any questions that any listeners have about banks or bank stocks or the financial industry, feel free to send them in. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them in our next episode or future episodes. And it's something that we Christine and I and, and other people at The Motley Fool, we spend a lot of time thinking about these things, and, and we enjoy being the opportunity to, to, to share some of the knowledge that we've gained over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good to know what's on our listeners' minds, too, so that can help us shape the show and make sure that we're giving you guys the information that you want. So, all right, yeah, thanks, thanks for adding that, John. Um, until next time, thanks, everyone, for tuning in and full on. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.